Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. Greetings, intellectual idiots, and welcome into a very special edition of Libservative. I, of course, am Dan Griffin, and today, Corey and I bring in a couple of very special guests representing the forward party here in our home state of Michigan. We have Michael Palazzolo, the district lead for District 11. Uh, This young man, very fun to listen to. He was one of the first people that Corey and I met with regards to the forward party, obviously outside of hearing Andrew Yang talk about it himself. Uh, This young man is uh, not even 20 years old and already getting himself involved in politics. Uh, So we thank Michael for really putting this entire thing together. And we also have Kumar Giri, who is the executive board member, or I'm sorry, an executive board member uh, here for the Forward Party in the state of Michigan. And Corey and I talked to Michael and Kumar for, I don't know, about 45 minutes uh, with regards to what the Forward Party's goals are, because I think a lot of people hear the Forward Party and they think, ah, just another goofy centrist movement. Um, And that's not really what it is. Uh, This is a party that, to me and Corey, I think represent political pluralism, uh, getting more options on more ballots throughout the country uh, to the point where, you know, soon, hopefully, Americans can actually have choice uh, in their political decisions and their voting, uh, as opposed to just the illusion of choice uh, that we have now with the uh, two-party duopolies. So, uh, interesting conversation with Michael and Kumar. And without any further ado, uh, let's get into it. All right, here we have Michael and Kumar uh, from the Forward Party. Gentlemen, so nice to have you aboard here on Libservative. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, glad to be here. So when Corey and I, I know when we think of the forward party, uh, obviously the first thing you think of is Andrew Yang. But the second thing you think of for me is political pluralism. Um, And I think when people hear that word, they don't they either don't know what it means or they think it's some sort of, I don't know, goofy catchphrase that centrists try to use to make themselves you know, kind of more legitimate. But when I think political pluralism, I think more choices, and I think Corey feels the same way. So to open things up, what is the forward party and what are the forward party's goals going forward? So the forward party is an interesting concept. And I can speak, you know, there, there's a national organization, there's state organizations right now, and we're only really six months old. So at the state level, you know, we're just a small group larger than usual. I think we're about 50 people now at this point. Um, it's just about ideas. It really is, right? I, I come from the Republican side of things. There's a lot of Democrats on our side. I mean, there's a, he's, I had somebody that I spoke to from New Hampshire who said he makes Bernie Sanders look like, a, uh, I don't know, like a far right figure, right? So, I mean, 
I think that pushes you towards communism without saying communism. But either way, we all get along. It's really about sharing ideas and having that conversation, right? These are very difficult topics. You know, you don't fight over a topic like abortion because it's such a simple thing, like a simple solution to abortion, right? If we had a simple solution, we'd have it, right? But you can't have the solution at all if you don't talk about it. So the far right now is a place to talk, to have that conversation in a civil way where everyone can talk and not scream at each other. That's great. Michael, you have anything to add to that? No, I completely agree with that. I mean, we want to create, it's um, it's both sort of a political movement and a cultural movement as well. I mean, we want to create a, uh, you know, a country where we're actually able to discuss and solve these issues because it seems like most politicians, they get their, their talking points from their, their party and whatnot, and they try to pull these gotcha moments and get clicks or be on TV and whatnot. And what they don't try to do is actually try to solve the problems. They're just trying to make people more angry. And what we want to do is, have, like Kumar said, a space where you can actually discuss the issues. And um, we do have a couple of policies, like with ranked choice voting and whatnot, just to get more candidates and more people in on the conversation. And so instead of this left versus right sort of game, it's more about, um, yeah, just solving solving problems. So it's interesting that you bring up the fact that you know, establishment Democrats and establishment Republicans, they focused on, they focused just on essentially making everybody angry. And what, what I think of is like, you, you hear the term fear mongering all the time, right? We're, we, we know that both, both sides are, are capable of doing this. However, what we've seen culturally over the last, I would say throughout my lifetime, I'm 35 years old. Uh, we, we've seen that, that these tactics, th- they work. I mean, is there, is there a way for, you know, third parties or even just the forward party to actually use those tactics to their advantage. Like, let's start scaring people away, maybe from these establishment morons that are trying to make us afraid of each other and using this first past the post system that makes us, you know, well, I, I better vote for Trump because if Democrats get elected, then the country's going to end. Or I better vote for Biden because if, if Republicans get elected, the country's going to end. And we all know neither of those things are true. Is there a way that that, that third parties can sort of use fear mongering to their advantage? So I personally and I this is not the party I would not. I would not want to be involved with a party that uses fear. Period. Right. That's fair. But That's absolutely fair. I agree. We can use it, right? We can point it out. It's an easy tool, right? It's an easy tool. Let, let them use their this tool, and then let's just turn it back on them. Why are they fear mongering? There, there's nothing. Look, whether you like Trump or not, there was fifty one percent of the population, give or take a couple percent, what either way, that like him, right? And he had some policies that I agreed with. He had some policies I disagreed with as a Republican at that time, right? The world didn't end. He didn't, you know, press the nuclear, you know, he didn't launch nuclear missiles, like, which was advertised, right? There was less war. Yeah, there there was (laughs) a little less war at that time. I mean, and maybe that was just coincidence. I'm not saying that was directly to Trump, right? And the same thing when, you know, it was Obama, McCain, you know, there's a South Park episode where, you know, they made fun of all this stuff and the guys were in the cave and they came out of the cave. The world is still here, right? Um, And the world will always be here. The world would not end because a Republican or Democrat take over. And it's it's something we just need to point out. And I think it's something that's obvious. I mean, there there's like this left side and right side, and there's this whole middle area where most of us belong, right? And we can all get along without the guy on top of us screaming that, hey, you should hate that person. 
And I've been, I've seen it. I've seen it where that person has is a good speaker or a great speaker, and they can use their words to influence these people and scare them into hating this other side and villainizing them. And then when you, if they actually just go and talk to them, you find out that people, they're just people. They're your neighbors, they're your friends, they're everything. And you just want to, you go along with them. You can have a beer with them uh, and have a good time. I mean, you don't need to have these, this fear mongering period. Right. So, so my, I guess my answer is just, let's turn it around on them. They're the ones who should be afraid. They really should. And I think they are afraid. Afraid of the, having the extremes be afraid of the middle is something we've talked about for a long time. Exactly. And it's just, it's just tough to bring it all together. It's the, uh, and like, I like how you were mentioning it, the whole middle. It is, it's this really, it's this, uh, this untapped group that is just not necessarily intentionally keeping their heads down, but they're, uh, they're just busy. You know, they're working, they're working every day. And when you have this two party system, it's the two sides of like the, not necessarily the most numerous, but the noisy that are making all this noise. And then the primaries, uh, reinforce that to where you just constantly get, you know, let's let's be honest just shit candidates that uh just tap into that and they go through the primaries because it's the more extreme on either side of the spectrum that does vote in the primaries versus the actual general and it just leads into just yeah just a mess (laughs) and it it falls into this situation where you're where it was the same greater of two evils or yeah. the less, you yeah, know, the lesser, lesser right? The reason I say greater because I do travel the country quite a bit for work, and I have a buddy down in Oklahoma, and he's like, you know what? I'm tired of this. From now on, it's only the greater of two evils I'm voting for. I will only vote for the greater one now because I will tell you it won't make a difference. But they're both evil. It doesn't matter, right? Yep, yep. two wings of the same bird. Yep. Uh, I was going to get back on your point about um, with Trump and people uh, that like him and whatnot. I think. With President Trump, I mean, I do think there are um, concerns after uh, some of the election stuff. I don't necessarily agree that it's not like, I mean, I, I do agree that a lot of it is fear mongering and whatnot. I don't think the country's going to necessarily end. But I think to a larger point, a lot of um, what the Democrats and Republicans do with, it comes down to Trump good, bad, whatnot. And it's a lot more, it's a lot less about root cause and actual issues. And I also think that's why we've seen Trump rise in um, popularity is because at the time when he was running, it was a lot of, you know, oh, he's not like the other politicians. He's he's good. He speaks for me, you know. Um, and so I think Trump is uh, a great kind of an example of why the system often doesn't doesn't resonate with people. Well, this is what we this is Corey and I talk about this on our show very, very often, which is that you have you have um, wh- whatever you want to call them, like the ultra mega, whatever it is, like that's all all the way to the right. And then you, you have like Jimmy Dore leftists. And they think the same thing. They both know that both establishment parties work for the same people. But for some reason, there's no way for these two extremes to, there's something holding them back from, from meeting somewhere that gets them to take their point to the mainstream. And that, that probably has a lot to do with the, establ- the, the, the amount of power that the establishment parties have, which is what folks like you are here for. Yeah. Actually, I was going to piggyback off that. Like, you know, like people, you know, a lot of people push Trump into this little box that he's the one that created all this divisiveness in the country and did all these things. But he was tapping into a, uh, you know, like when he comes to his like political senses, he, he does. He has some that are bar not compared to a lot of other like politicians and stuff. 
And he tapped into something. He saw a lot of people were tired of the same old, same old. And the, him doing what he did, I think it's fair to say that it it uh, kicked people like Andrew Yang in the ass to make him realize that, hey, there are people that want other options. And, you know, Trump is like a catalyst that created a, uh, a movement for things like the forward party. And because everyone is, everyone's just so deep. What is it? Like uh, represent us uh, shares this. Uh, a lot like was it like 70 percent of the country is considered independent or 60 percent i don't know the it's a very large amount of people and as far as trump you know in my opinion trump was uh, a symptom of a greater problem Mm yeah 100 he he came out of the situation with you know so much just back and forth and i think this started probably and i i feel like i'm the oldest one here which is weird because it's probably the first I, i just turned 40 so I've had a little bit of a crisis with that one, but you're um, still a young man, Kumar. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, I, uh... <laughs> but either either way, you know, I think this started, you know, probably in the '80s or '90s before our time, right? And um, this discord with, you know, there was the impeachment of Clinton and all these things. You know, they used to, and you can think what you want about George Bush Jr. He seemed like an okay guy and okay president, you know. But there was a lot of, a lot of you know, very mean things said, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And then all of a sudden, it's okay to say some very questionable things as president, and it's okay, right? And, you know, a party that's traditionally extremely conservative supporting someone who's saying something that's very, um, very liberal or yeah, controversial, you know, yeah, not not not, not appropriate for TV. Well, wait. I mean, can we can we flip that? Can we just flip that around for a second? Can I can I give you an example from from the left where that's an issue? You have Rachel Maddow advocating for war. You have the left advocating for war in Ukraine. Like, what world do we live in at this point? And and that, it kind of brings us into the next question, which is, you you have you have both of the extremes scaring the shit out of their bases that the other side is so bad. So it's like, even people in the middle are like, well, I guess I better pick a side because if I don't, you know, the world might come to an end. And, and I think what ends up happening is that both extremes sort of push people in the middle or, or at least movements that I, that would be considered centrist, which I think you guys kind of are uh, kind of off to the side as, as crazy people. Like they don't actually have any answers. They're just, uh, uh, you know, another centrist party. So what, what, what does the forward party do to avoid getting that like goofy centrist moniker that that the extremes like to throw out there all the time. So, so far, and this is what I've seen a national and in the local, right? We're, we're not, first of all, we're not goofy. We're, we're extremely professional. We have a very large national organization that's coming together. We have people on our advisory board, like Andrew Yang, Michael Steele, these big names that, that have experience, years of experience on both sides. And they're working together to put this together on the national level. At the state level, you know, we're we're coming together and we're we're approaching people with these questions like, what what about the Democrat Republicans actually attract you there, right? You can be a and I've seen I've heard candidates say this behind closed doors, Republican candidates and Democrat candidates. I had a Democrat friend who ran for Congress and he kept saying, Listen, I'm fiscally super conservative, right? I'm a business owner, I, I want low taxes and I want these things, but I'm socially very liberal. You know, I'm I'm friend to the LGBT community. I you know, um, he, he had very liberal views on abortion. Right? So, I mean, he had these liberal views in this, but I have to be a Democrat because that's what I am. There was, there was no middle for him, right? And 
in my opinion, this is the time we have to hit, right? We have to hit hard right now. Everyone is lost. Like, in my opinion, I'm lost. As a Republican, I was lost. I couldn't sit in a room where, and I think this is both sides. I think both sides are very obsessed with uh, the trans community. Either side of it. I think that's all they talk about. I mean, there's a million other things to talk about, but they always fall back to this weird point about, you know, it, there's no reason to really push it. I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's a they're fighting. That- it's the, it's the pushing of like, it's this idea of like genocide, right? Yeah. Like the, the, the idea of genocide is right around the corner. And it's like, that's really, it's really hyperbolic. And there's more to talk about than that. No, I've said a number of things about the trans community and whatnot. And, um, you know, if you, it's so weird. I've been vilified, you know, just for even kind of questioning it before. And, um, the ideas of men and not being able to become women, that sort of thing. And, um, just kind of asking some questions and not necessarily being for it. I'm not advocating for genocide or telling people, you know, they're not there. I'm, I mean, I'm part of forward. I want to bring people together as much as I can, but, you know, I just was throwing out an example there of, um, you know, I do think the trans issue is something to discuss, especially when it comes to like safety of, of women, whatnot, and that sort of thing. There's are this is definitely um, an issue and a discussion to be had. Bathrooms, children, you know, it's it's a very it's, it's it's for me for me it's a it's it's a very libertarian topic. Like any any grown adult can do whatever the hell they want to do with their body. Exactly. I, I really don't care. But there are other there are other nuances to consider, like yep. the safety of children, hormone blockers, and surgeries, and all these kinds of things. And, and that's, I, I that's why I think. Go ahead, Kumar. Yeah, and I understand both sides of it, right? I, I'm okay on both sides. Of it. I understand where they're coming from, but let's get this straight. That's not the number one issue in America. Right. It's not. And it's here so, we are. We we got we was, just got stuck talking about it for five I was, minutes. I was just gonna <laughs> say that. So. I was going to bring it up as an example that we just, as soon as it got brought up, we started talking about it. It's uh it's low hanging fruit. It's the same thing. It's, it's a topic that's similar to like abortion or terrorism. You know, it's not a solvable issue, but people can spend hours arguing about it and it takes up all the space and all the time. So we don't have time to talk about the real issues. You know, it goes to like when a corporation, you know, the, as soon as June comes, They'll, they'll make their emblem have, uh, in America, they'll make their emblem have like the rainbow colors in it, but they won't do that in Saudi Arabia, but they'll do it here because then everyone argues about their emblem because it has a rainbow on it and it hurts people's feelings. And it leaves the, leaves the, leaves all the conversation about their child slave labor in third world countries and their stifling wages of workers, not in the conversation. And they're sitting there just raking in the bucks because everyone's talking about it. Yeah. And those are, I mean, let's talk about real problems, right? Let's talk about inflation, right? I mean, Powell just went in front of Congress and Elizabeth Warren grilled him about inflation. Let's talk about that. Like, how are we going to control this? Where were the mistakes made? How do we fix that, right? Let's talk about how baby boomers, you know, their generation did quite a bit, but they're not leaving us, right? There's, there's a whole lost generation now because the baby boomers are still in power at 80. Instead of being not advisor, dying. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just I mean, kidding. I to die. I, I, I know. I'm, I'm just kidding. Boomers, but, but, hey, how about you, you uh, pass a mantle over to a younger generation that's in their 60s to run things and you advise yep. them? Right? Yeah. Where's where's the mentorship? Where's I know this greed of, greed is good mentality from the eighties and nineties. You know they always say you know our, our grandchildren are going to feel the effects of it. We're the grandchildren. We're feeling the effects of it. Right? We're feeling out of control inflation, thirty trillion in debt. 
you know, a war in Ukraine and Russia, which is like a proxy war for us almost now, right? When is that going to end? What is going on? Well, and when you like you, you, so you bring up thirty trillion dollars in debt, and I think that's, I think I love that number, right? Because it's like it's an unconceivably large number, and you don't get that point without by fucking partisanship. You don't hit $30 trillion in debt without Republicans and Democrats both being fucking responsible for it. So stop. Stop the nonsense. I mean, yeah. The system's not working. That's all I got to say. The system yeah, and What's is the definition failing. of insanity? Doing the same yeah, thing over and over again. Expecting years. Yep. Yeah, 30 or 40 years. You know, after I was born in 82, and I hear, I hear stories, and this is in my head. This is what the Ford Party is to me. And you probably heard these stories too. A time in D.C., when a Democrat and Republican could break bread together and then argue the next morning and then still, you know, take the families out and enjoy. Yeah. It's uh justice Scalia and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. People used to give them bullshit for it because that's the same thing. They would hang out all the time outside of their job. Exactly. And that's what it should be. That's what this country should be. There shouldn't be these crazy things happening. And you know, these just senseless, senseless arguments about nothing when the real focus are all these other external forces that are just going to crush us. That's right? what the founding fathers it, intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's a forward party to me. I, I really think it's, it's about bringing people together, doing the right thing. Let's, let's talk these, let's talk the real topics over. Let's ignore this garbage noise and get things done. Because if we don't, because we, we're going to suffer. It's not, you know, grandchildren or my children that suffer. I'm 40. At 60, there's probably not going to be any social security. There's not going to be a lot of stuff that I need may need at that time. Uh, healthcare is getting destroyed right now. Costs are through the roof. Inflation, 6, 7, 10%. Interest rates at 8%. How am I going to live? Forget about my grandchildren. I mean, my kids might not have enough money to have children. So it, we're, we're directly being impacted by these bad policies. And so when you're bringing up the, uh, since we're talking about the breaking the bread and stuff like that, I'm wondering, is there any sort of like interview process or whatever, like how do you guys avoid bringing in bad faith actors? Yeah. So what we often do is I think forward party, we have, we do have limits that we set. You can't just have, I guess, any ideas as long as, but there have to be ideas that are like, we can be constructive. I'll, I'll give you an example. So I had an event recently and I I met a person who I'm not going to name, but they said some, some very racist things. I don't mean like by politically correct standards. I mean like legitimate, like actually racist things. Like not not like a CNN racist, an actual racist. I said, but um, it was so. I told like, them, you like know, Scott Adams racism is what you're saying, Michael. Not, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, what well, he was saying, like he was saying there that there's not enough like white people in the yeah, US the, the, like, the Great Replacement Theory being taken over by. Right. And it was, I, you know, I, at first I thought he just meant like illegal immigration and you can have base on that, but he just meant straight up immigration and like people who look different, even if they are from here were, were bad. So I, I did do, <laughs> so that was a limit for, uh, at least for me when I was hosting the event, I, um, you know, I told him to get lost and that we're, we're not standing for that sort of hateful nonsense. So I do, we do have limits that when we were talking about picking people, you know, you can have opinions and you know, we can discuss them, but they have to be, at the end of the day, you have to have your heart in the right place of actually trying to make things better for everybody. So with that example, with that example, do you, do you, I don't know if that's the only time you've ever experienced this, experienced that, but when you're, when you're trying to bring people together to have very different ideas, this is, I'm just curious about this. Do, do people show their true colors pretty quickly? Have you guys found that? Um, to a certain extent. 
I mean, so we haven't, I haven't personally had maybe one event where somebody was rude. Like, I, I don't care about opinion. Like, the opinions are fine. You can have any type of opinion. To be honest with you, and we do not like racist in the forward party. That's an official position. Yeah. I will put that out there, right? I'm not supposed it's to take a It's a good benchmark. Give that one, uh, for sure. But, you know, if somebody has some prejudices and that's their personal opinion, I don't really care, to be honest with you. As long as you're respectful, um, that that's the main thing, right? You can not like something and still be respectful towards that person or that thing, whatever you want to do. The, um, as far as true callers, I mean, I think so. I mean, like I, uh, the, the one event, the one event that we did in Troy, um, the guy sitting next to me was, you know, he came from the Democrat side, smart guy, um, completely disagreed with me on every single thing down the line. But that's right? fun if you want I to mean, have that. It was fun, but we went back and forth. But that was his true callers. That's as far as the true callers have come for me. Um, and we disagreed, and we drank a beer, and we joked around. I'm like, hey, it's a good thing we didn't get in a fist fight, and he, you know, he laughed, and you know, we had a good time. Right, and that's the way it should be. Um, but yeah, you know, people will be people. Eventually, the ones that want to disrupt, especially a third party starting off, we're, we're going to get some people that are out there. Right, that, that's just the expectation. Um, there's no real vetting process. Right, we invite everyone. We'll talk to you, and the ones that end up like the guy at Michael's event, we'll ask to leave kindly, right. respectfully. Leave. You know, you, this is not for us. It's not for you. And usually right. people like that that are like trolls, they'll realize that they're not getting fed. You know, like the whole thing, like don't feed the trolls. Yeah, they'll, just, they'll, they'll, they'll feel it. They'll feel they're not welcome. And this isn't just, a place just for them. Just like, hey, guys, this is not for you. You know, th- this is something something else, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I regret is I, I you know, I, I kind of listened to it for a while. I, I was a little a little too lenient because I was – because I don't want to be, you know, like pushing away. And eventually, eventually got to a point where I was like, okay, that's just – you know, and then I told him to leave. But, you know, I think what he was trying to do was, um, and I can't speak for him, I'm not him, but um, I think he saw this new party and was trying to, he didn't really, we w- knew we were kind of figuring stuff out at the time, and he wanted to kind of take over in a way. Like, he was kind of pushing on me a little bit, like, and I had to tell him, that's not what we're doing, you know. And um, so I think his whole thing was, I just, yeah, he was trying to, I think he was, saw me and he's like, oh, he's kind of young, you know, I can kind of. Yeah, and by the way, just speaking of young, Michael around. was the first one I spoke to at Ford. Um, yeah, that's what he was saying to us a little bit in the, yeah, the he initiated me into Ford, so. He was the first person we spoke to at Ford, so <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, so we, the how together. we got introduced was, uh, I think it was, I don't remember who it was, it was either you or I, Dan, but we saw a post on Facebook about the event happening. We were like, fuck it, let's go. And we hung out with Michael and uh, a couple of the people there, and yeah, I mean, that was my first. Time I met you two. Um, yeah, that was. Uh, I just, you know, and I, I watched your, your podcast when you talked about me, and I started laughing. You said I was. And this is from a phone call to a phone call, right? So somebody's like, "Hey, let's meet this kid here," and he's like, "I'm 17, and I'm a 40 year old man meeting a 17 year old at a Starbucks." You expect oh, what does that sound like? Chris Evans like, showing up. <laughs> Like, I'm not doing anything weird here. This is not, you know, <laughs> this is legitimate. I'm interested in the Ford party. <laughs> <laughs> that brings up that brings up a new meaning to ballot access, doesn't it? Yeah. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously though, like let's let's talk about ballot access for a second because I feel like that's kind of like uh, th- that was kind of the beginning of, of 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 even Yang's whole thing right at the beginning was just more actually providing more choices 
to the American people instead of instead of just providing us with the with the two party system that is what I consider and I think most of us here consider the illusion of choice because it's not real choice. Um, ending ending the uh, you know the, the the first past the post primary system and just getting more choices on the ballot. What is the plan for the forward party and the growth of that particular area of what you guys stand for? So right now we're recruiting volunteers. Uh, we're going out talking to everybody we can talk to. Um, like I said we have fifty active volunteers. We have a list of about a thousand. Um, that's all twenty twenty three is, and we're going to be endorsing some local candidates. And that's just um, in the state of Michigan, right? What you're talking about? Mich- I'm okay. only talking about state of Michigan, right? And Perfect. our goal to get onto the ballot next year is we need to have 180 days starting sometime in January or early February. Uh, we have to incorporate, we have to get our paperwork, and we have to get signatures. Uh, we need about forty to 45,000 signatures. Realistically, we need 70 because there's always some garbage signatures in there. So it's a heavy, heavy lift that we're getting prepared for all this year. Um, we well, got two right here. You got two signatures right here. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. Please, uh, it's, it's I, I, I'll be sending you guys down and uh, and uh, bothering you guys to get more signatures. I need about about two thousand from each one. We can try. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, uh, is it? I thought is the number seventy to get on the to get a to, for the petition to get on the ballot? Is that what it is roughly? It's for access to the ballot. Yeah, it's around seventy. Okay. We need. So, I mean. There's a lot of stuff that I'm still trying to try and learn. I've never done an initiative this large. Um, you know, we have to go all on the state. We have to get 100 from each district. There's there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of intricacies. We mess one of them up, the whole thing fails. So yeah, they're really, really strict. Terrible. And that's it's funny that like just when you're actually on the inside, just how strict they are. That people on the outside that have no idea about the process just think like voter fraud is just running rampant. It's like, well, they're actually pretty. They're pretty strict on this stuff. It, it's it's tough. I mean, I've had initiatives fail in the past because small little things. I've done local, very local um, initiatives, and they failed over like a checkbox or something else that you know something wasn't signed properly in a couple of forms, and I missed it by eighteen signatures. Like it's heartbreaking. We worked that uh, hard. Yeah. What's well, like? And think about it. Like who who makes it? Who makes this stuff that difficult? Democrats and Republicans. It's a party system. It, why, why give up the power when you have it, right? Right. You have uh, two ways to get power. You run as Republican or run as a Democrat. When they think that's what, that's one of those, like, the, that I think simple things that you could get the average American to understand is like, okay, well, how do you feel about more choices on your ballot? I feel, I feel like most people be like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Well, how do, you, how do you feel about like more parties being on the ballot? More, more, you know, more initiatives being on the ballot. Oh, that, yeah, that sounds great. Okay, we'll just sign this and we'll, we'll make that happen. You know, but I, I understand it's not that simple, but it just feels like it should be. It should and be it's that like, simple. Who, who do you who do you think is responsible for the fact that it's so difficult for me to get this damn initiative on this ballot? It's Republicans yeah. and Democrats. So exactly. why are you still voting for these idiots? Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that third parties, for whatever reason, are dismissed very quickly mm-hmm. as a spoiler. Right, and and it's not fair to the third party. I mean, you have Green parties have been forever. Libertarians had a little bit of movement in the last five or six years, but nothing significant, right? And it's right off the bat, I'm not going to throw my vote away. Maybe you should throw your vote away now, right? Because you, it feels like you're already throwing it away when you go for these Republicans or Democrats. Might as well just throw it away on something you believe in. And if enough people, you know, don't, you know, they say throw away, I don't mean throw away, but enough people abandon those parties, we're, we're set. We have this enterprise, right? Right? And, it's and the other issue is obviously money, and I was going to bring that up. I mean, these signatures—if we pay for per signature, 
is anywhere from it used to be at a couple of dollars. It's ten to twenty dollars on the national scale per signature, right? Seventy thousand times ten, <laughs> seventy thousand dollars. Or I laugh. I laugh, but trust me, it's a cynical laugh. Yeah, you know, it's insane, <laughs> right. So we need volunteers. So we don't pay. You know, we don't pay people for. It. I don't want to pay people for. It. I want this to be somebody from you know the people. Yeah, if someone's doing it for free, they really believe in it. Yeah, but we still have to pay for legal, and we have to pay for a lot of things. So we have to fundraise, and you know, it's it, that's uh, it, it sucks. I hate fundraising. I hate asking people for money. I because you um, feel like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, like I know I get it. Like we're and I don't want to bend. I, I honestly don't want to bend. I, I want us to be a pure party, but unfortunately, we need to have money to do it. So. We're going to work on that too, you know, find that balance of who's giving us money um, and stand by what we believe. Don't let that money bend us. Well, and that's one of the things that I think attracted Corey and I to the forward party in the first place, right? It's like you guys are so focused on like it just ex- basically, all I have to do is say just expanding ballot access. Like if literally that was the only thing you guys were doing, I would be I would be thrilled with that. It's not about like, who's your presidential candidate going to be? Who's your, you know, who's your, your, your state senator is going to be like, it seems like the forward party is at a point now where they don't really, you guys don't care about that stuff. It's really just about more choices. What matters? Let's get more ideas out there. Um, The candidates themselves will come to us. Um, All that will happen. You know, I'm an entrepreneur, right? I I own several businesses in the Metro Detroit area. Um, I have fun with it. I enjoy it. And that's been my rule for the last couple of years. Have fun with it. Do something good. You know, do, do the right thing. I just opened, um, um, I come from, I have a mental health facility, but I own a methadone facility too, right? And we were talking about this, you know, methadone has this grimy, almost like two certain parties that we were talking about have this grimy type of feel. It's a methadone clinic. We don't want that in our neighborhood. How do we change that? How do we make it like, it's okay to be in the neighborhood. We're helping people, right? This is not a, I live in Troy, Michigan, right? So it's a, you know, a white collar, um, you know, affluent uh, city, right? So you, you talk to people here, we don't have that problem. I like, know you do have that problem. It's just, just not a needle, it's a pill, right? And I, you know, I've been in, in, in for 10 years. So I've seen people from West Bloomfield, wealthy, poor, you know, everything in the middle, and we try to help them. So what? let's change this methadone clinic. Let's have fun doing it. Let's make sure our clients are happy. Let's make sure everything is good on that. And the same thing with this building, this four party is, Let's have fun doing it. And when people see us having fun, they will come to us, right? They're not going to go to the people who are brooding in the corner. Um, you go out to a party, you don't hang, you don't want to be the one that's sitting in the corner. You want to be the one in the middle having fun, talking to everyone, having a good time, you know, get a couple beers. Back in the day, do a couple keg stands. Um, right. But, <laughs> right? I mean, those are the fun guys. You want to be in that group, right? So we're, we're, right? we're fun. We're smart. We're educated. We, we are welcoming to everybody. And that's how we're going to build a party. And that's how we're going to Mike, do this. Michael's Michael's down in this corner grinding his teeth. You got something to say, brother. I know you do. <laughs> no, you just asked about how um, we avoid being spoiler and whatnot. And I've been uh, I've been thinking about that. That's I, I was hoping you wouldn't notice. So that. what's the answer? <laughs> um, no, the answer is just, you know, rank choice and just changing how the elections sort of are work. And what's great about Michigan is we just we can do that with proposals on the ballot. I'm not sure if we have any plan on on doing a ranked choice thing anytime in the future. Um, but if we have enough people and we get enough uh, volunteers, those are things that we could we could do, and that's how we could also grow 
um, had multiple choices because of, of that. And everyone would be on an equal playing field that way. Cause you know, most people, even if they are on the ballot, like the greens and the libertarians are often on the ballot, but they don't usually have chances of winning just because spoiler, of that. Yeah. Whole, yeah. The spoiler so, thing. So that's, that's so what I was thinking about. Michael, that. you, you, you and I and Corey, I think the first time we met, we, we talked a lot about ranked choice voting. So, so I want to ask you, uh, I, I understand what ranked choice voting is. Corey understands what ranked choice voting is. But I think a lot of folks out there, when you bring up ranked choice voting, they think that it's too complicated. I think you're the I think you're the perfect guy to explain why it's really not that complicated. If you had to break down ranked choice voting into the simplest explanation, what would you say? It gives everyone equal playing field. You rank your candidates and then it requires them to appear to everybody because you have to reach that 50% threshold. So whoever gets the least amount of first round votes, they get taken out and their votes get moved up the, the sort of the ladder. And then and when your second candidate it. drops um, off, your third candidate takes its place. It's not that hard. I don't understand why everybody thinks it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you can't, you know, I mean, I think part of that is intentional. I mean, it's, I mean, a lot of these parties do these, use these type of systems, like these runoff elections when they're picking their state leads. Right. Right, so it's not like a foreign concept. I mean, and you know, unfortunate. And once again, the issue is it's. I think it was in Nevada, where the the state Democrats called it racist to have RCV, right? But then the state, you know, they did a ballot initiative and they passed, right? It's not a racist. Policy. And that's it's actually. Not- a- I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's actually a really good way to put it. It's it's essentially a runoff, but it's not a runoff post election. It's a runoff basically pre. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to run an election. It's just the same time runoff. You got it. You're done. Awesome, right? And you get the most representative government. I was gonna say. I think we are gaining more popularity because some politicians have decided to like to start at least addressing it. Um, not in a great way. Tom Cotton, uh, the senator of Arkansas, said it was a quote scam to rig elections, is what he said. Isn't that how both establishment parties get you though? Like, so if if somebody like I, pick pick whoever you want, pick I don't know Rand Paul. Rand Paul enjoys this, endorses ranked choice voting. Well, now the Democrats just go really Rand Paul that nutcase over there that like tried tried to tell Tony Fauci he was a, a piece of shit when he was right in the first place. But well, that's another discussion for another day. Uh, but like, yeah, that that's. That's what they do. Like whoever endorses the the new thing is just portrayed by the other party is like, but look at that. Look at, look at all the stupid things that this person's done in the past that you don't support. So this can't be a good thing, right? Well, that's, that's what happens when you have two parties, right? You have, you have politics, you know, you, 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 these, there's games to them. They just do this to make other side look bad. So have you guys ever considered working with uh, other like activist groups? Like I know like represent us. They're big on the whole like ranked choice voting, ending gerrymandering, um, ending Citizens United and things like that. Because those are all things that fundamentally align with what you're trying to do to gain the ballot. Access. So, yeah. so we, you know, the, the only organization where, at least on a national level, I know they support RCV on state level. We're putting together as a state party only, as only the local state party. I have to keep saying that because I don't represent national and I don't want to get myself in trouble. But as a state, you know, we, we are, you know, working very closely with the RCV, Ron Zimmerman, and everything else. We're helping them. Uh, we're, you know, we have some type of partnership agreement now. We're putting things together. So um, as far as other organizations, I mean, we're open to it. But we've only been around for six months, right? It, to be honest with you, these organizations have been around longer are probably skeptical of us. 
and we kind of probably have to prove ourselves to them that we can actually even do something. So right, yeah, because you're the uh, new guy so in the block. They're like, Ooh, well, that actually, yeah. that actually kind of leads me to follow up. You know, with you guys being so young, you know, what are you doing to make anybody kind of take you seriously? So we're doing our events right now. Um, you know, we have events throughout the state. We just we're going out and just meeting people. I, th- I think that's very important. When you, once you start putting these faces to people, uh, we had one in uh, was in Mason. Uh, south of uh, Lansing, right? And uh, there's a couple that showed up there, and all they said was, "Hey, just, we know we saw this online, and uh, we just want to make sure you're not one of the crazy ones." And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm a little crazy, but not. I'm not out there though." And you know, they left laughing, and you know, they said they're definitely support us, right? Yeah, so sometimes really, crazy is a good thing. is crazy. Like it's this is like to you know the amount of lifting that we're going to be doing next year to get those signatures that's crazy right i mean yeah you're right crazy is a good thing a little bit but when you're you know spouting out nonsense it's not a good thing so right uh, but yeah and so i mean we're getting out we're just talking to people make sure they know that we're not crazy make sure that we know that we stand for something make sure that we're you know we are what who we say we are right and that's the best way to you know win hearts and minds uh, make them understand that this left and right stuff is not working anymore so yeah, I mean, I guess to finish up here, um, you know, where can guys, where can people reach out? Where can they, you know, you want to, you, you like what you like what Michael and Kumar have had to say. You want to volunteer for the forward party. You want to sign their ballot initiatives. Where where can they go? Who can they contact? What should they do? Yeah, just email me at uh, michaelpalazzolo.123 dot one two three at gmail dot com. I'm looking to. Uh, to get people right now to volunteer and all kinds of things. So yeah, shoot me an email and uh, we'll, uh, I'll be sure to get back. To you go ahead. We'll, 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 uh, we'll uh, go ahead and throw that uh, email in the, in the show notes. So it should be down there. If you're listening, go down there and click on Michael's email. Yeah. And I just want to say that we're really, we're really pulling for you guys. Our, uh, our podcast little like mission statement is uh, fostering the two intellectual idiots, fostering political and uh, social, uh, political and cultural Literacy. Oh, literacy. literacy. Uh, <laughs> dude, I blew it. <laughs> <laughs> Two intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy. And what I love about the fact of this conversation is that Kumar and Michael both mentioned that they uh, come from a more Republican slash conservative background. And I know Corey and myself came from a more Democratic liberal background. And we just had this excellent conversation and I would say agreed on everything we talked about here. Yeah, this, it's uh, almost this like we pull away the cultural shit. Uh, it, <laughs> the fundamentals are there. Exactly. I mean, we we everyone will get along as long as they're not uh, instigated not to. Right. I mean, if someone instigated us to fight, then we might be fighting. But hell, don't instigate us. We we are normal people. Yeah. We are sentenced, Right. We are four. We came, right? to, we came together real. on our own. Yeah. Yeah. So feels real. Check out the. Check out the show notes for all the places you can uh, volunteer. Reach out to Michael. He's the guy. And uh, Kumar, Michael, we appreciate you guys uh, joining Libservative today. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. We the people cannot stand that.